We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The topic for today's show is education. Once again, the power of ideas, the consequences of ideas on our culture, on our kids, on our progeny, and on our future. What we're teaching in our schools will bear fruit in our courtrooms, in our Congress, and in our country. Ideas have consequences. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening to the show. Today I want to deal with this issue of education and the consequences of ideas on our culture by starting out with a variety of different quotes. Quotes from people that probably disagree with a conservative Christian such as me on a lot of things. Quotes from Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Quotes from Elon Musk, Riley Gaines, two-time Olympian runner Mara Yamauchi, Martina Navratilova. The list goes on and on. People are sounding off. Bill Maher. I'll talk about Bill Maher again today. When all of these people start lining up in opposition to a bad idea, you you might want to take note. You might want to recognize that the lie has been exposed because those with... Even a modicum of common sense left, those that have the ability to think and think clearly, those that can still question and analyze and decipher information as to whether it's true or false, good or bad, ugly or beautiful, those people are aligning and saying, wait a second, there's something wrong. Our culture is going to hell in a handbasket, and it is coming straight out of our schools. We're abusing our children. We are guilty as a culture of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. We should all be arrested for what we're doing to our kids. And it's starting in your schools. It's starting at the earliest ages. It's not just higher education. It's every aspect of American education. Preschool, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, university. It's pervasive. Bad ideas are going to result in bad culture. We are guilty of feeding our children ideological carcinogens, and they now have cancer of heart, mind, and soul. We better wake up, or we're going to be judged by God himself for killing the very souls of our children. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. 
the Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So let me just rattle off some uh, quotes from various different people, people that I don't agree with, they don't agree with me on a variety of things. I've said many times when Bill Maher starts saying the same things that Everett Piper is saying, and Everett Piper, Bill Maher, hell has frozen over. I frankly find Bill Maher's humor to be crass and rude. Sometimes I'm hesitant to even post some of his material because it's so laden with profanity and the F-bomb. But Bill Maher still has a softness of heart, mind, and soul that he recognizes the blatant lie of LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, critical race theory, wokeism. He recognizes it for what it is. He actually said in a recent uh, monologue to the LGBT community in reference to this story that demonstrates that Americans are identifying LGBTQIA in greater proportion than is reasonable, than is logical, certainly isn't biological. This is a philosophical shift. It is not biological. It is not ontological. Now, let me clarify what I mean here. This shift from Americans identifying as gay or homosexual, and now we throw in trans and bi and everything else in the alphabet soup into this mix. This statistical shift where the data now shows us that we've moved from uh, tr- the traditional generation and the gen, uh, the greatest generation, the baby boomers from the older generations where they identified LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, where they identified as gay and lesbian and all that comes with that uh, at less than 5%. Now we have Gen Zers identifying at nearly 20%. Now why? Did we all of a sudden wake up and find out that biologically ontologically. The reality of the human being is that 20% of Americans are LGBTQIA. No, no, the biology hasn't shifted. Science hasn't shifted. Genetics hasn't changed. DNA is the same. This is philosophical. This is ideological. These are ideas. This is not the way they were born. This is the way they've been taught. When we continue to teach our children to start questioning their very sexual ontology and biology when they're very young, when we start indoctrinating them with our sexual propaganda when they're five years old, in some cases even younger, then it should be no surprise to us that when we ask them questions in a survey when they reach their teen years that they're confused and that they start identifying with this ideology because of what they've been taught. What other explanation is there for 20% of Gen Zers raising their hand on a survey and saying that I'm gay, I'm homosexual, I'm bi, I'm trans, I'm fluid, I'm two-spirit, whatever nonsense we've labeled this behavior, they're now embracing as their very identity. 
I've said it a thousand times over. When you dumb down human identity to nothing but human inclinations, when you start identifying the human being by what they want to do, then you've opened up Pandora's box. You're defining people by their desires, and it doesn't stop. There's no place to stop. If your desires define you, then all you have to do is say, this is my this is my inclination, and therefore this is my identity. And you need to recognize me as, I'm a, as a special minority group because of the things I want to do. Not recognize me because of who I am, but because of my feelings. The facts don't matter. My inclinations do. My proclivities are now the sum total of my personhood. This is where we are as a culture right now. You have Bill Maher calling this out by saying this to the LGBTQ community. He's saying, you need to realize that, quote, not everything is about you, unquote. Now, why is he saying that? He's saying it because of this survey where Americans are identifying as LGBTQ now more than they ever have. He's looking at this data and saying, this doesn't make any sense. Anybody with a freshman-level understanding of statistical analysis can see that jumping from 3% to 20% over the course of maybe two generations in terms of the how, how Americans are identifying as LGBTQIA, gay, homosexual, trans, this disproportionate statistical leap, leap is not biology. This is philosophy. This is ideological. It's not biological. They're ignoring science, and they're worshiping scientism. Bill Maher is saying that this is about propaganda. It's about indoctrination. It's not about education. And he's right. He's absolutely right. And then you have Vivek Ramaswamy. He's running as a Republican for the presidency. Many people say he doesn't have a chance. People are wondering why. But recently on Fox News, he said this. And again, he and I would disagree on a lot. You would disagree with him, I assume, on a great deal. But listen to what he says about this issue. Below the age of 18, he says, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers. Close quote. One more time. Below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate, he says, to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers. Close quote. Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, he's spot on. He's saying, what are we doing? We're butchering our children. Surely we can agree that anybody under the age of 18, people that can't drink legally, they can't buy alcohol, they can't buy cigarettes, they can't get married without their parents' permission, at least in most states that's still the case, and rightfully so. They can't get a driver's license until they're 16. Surely, Surely we would, we can agree, whether you're right or left, progressive, conservative, liberal, surely we can all agree that children should be told, no, wait, don't permanently alter your body by removing your genitals, castrating yourself, getting a hysterectomy, a, hysterectomy, a mastectomy. And surely we can agree that we shouldn't chemically castrate and mutilate children through Injections, puberty blockers. Why would we want to stop a natural maturation process of the human being by blocking it? Just because some kid 
is confused, and he's confused because of what we're teaching them, teaching him, teaching her. Here's another, uh, this is Professor Feynman. I'm not too sure where this professor is from. This is a, this is a repost, a tweet from Professor Feynman that the College Fix put out. He says this, when your education limits your imagination, it's called indoctrination. Those who cannot think for themselves are truly lost. Education should be a rewarding experience which allows you to think, imagine, question, doubt, and solve problems. Spot on again. This person is recognizing, this Professor Feynman is recognizing that, and he's sounding the same alarm that we've talked about on this show. Just more information is not good education. Information and education are not synonymous. Education is the process of teaching you how to think, not just giving you more information for you to download and then regurgitate when asked. There's a huge difference between education and indoctrination. Education is the process of liberating your mind so that it can think, critique, imagine, question, doubt, solve problems, and understand when some ideas are good and some ideas are bad. Tucker Carlson has recently said, the higher education establishment is hurting this country and has, for a long time, reform is essential. Close quote. One more time, Tucker Carlson. The higher education establishment is hurting this country and has, for a long time, reform is essential. Close quote. Again, Tucker Carlson is absolutely right. But it's not just higher education. It's all of education. I mean, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is out on the campaign trail. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of the icons of the Democratic Party, the iconic family, if you will, of the Democrat Party. This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s quote, I am against people participating in women's sports who are biologically male. Amen. He recognizes that women's sports is dead. Title IX is meaningless if you're going to allow biological men to participate in a women's sport. You have Riley Gaines. She's saying that protecting the girls in women's sports category is common sense and should not be a partisan issue. <laughs> How, why are we not agreeing on this? And then there's Mara Yamauchi, two-time Olympic runner. She said this, the female category is for females only. Males, regardless of how they identify, do not belong in the female category under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. Elon Musk, every child goes through an identity crisis, but leaping to the permanent solution that sterilizes them for life before they could possibly consent for themselves is wrong. Plain and simple. These are basic truths. You know, there's a quote out there by Dostoevsky. He says this, A man who lies to himself and believes his own lies becomes unable to recognize truth, either in himself or in anyone else, and he ends up losing respect for himself and for others. When he has no respect for anyone, he can no longer love, and in him he yields to his impulses, indulges, in the lowest form of pleasures, and behaves in the end like an animal in satisfying his vices. And it all comes from lying to others and to yourself. Close quote, Dostoevsky. I'm going to read that one more time. Maybe that's the point of today's show. A man who lies to himself and believes his own lies becomes unable to recognize truth either in himself or in anyone else, 
and he ends up losing respect for himself and for others. When he has no respect for anyone, he can no longer love, and in him he yields to his impulses, indulges in the lowest form of pleasure, and behaves in the end like an animal in satisfying his vices. And it all comes from lying to others and to yourself. Dostoevsky. We are teaching lies right now. We are a culture of habitual lies. We're teaching our boys that they can be girls and our girls that they can be or should be boys. That's the shame of it. It's misogyny. We're making girls feel bad about being girls. We're embarrassing them. We're making them think that if they're not boys, then they're not going to be valued. And we're teaching young boys that masculinity is toxic. And if they, if they are young men, if they are masculine, if they are male, then there's something wrong with that. And that's, that's the thing that ails the world, if we could just get rid of this toxic masculinity. Something that should be controlled within the boundaries of chivalry and courage? No, chivalry and courage are now bad because those are masculine characteristics. So we'll demean them and disparage them and tell little boys that they have to be emasculated, ideologically castrated, if not actually castrating them now, either chemically or surgically. I mean, I've had people come up to me in recent days and say, I, you know, 10 years ago you were warning about this and I thought you were nuts. But here we are. Everything you said... 10 years ago, everything you warned of when you said the LGBTQIA can't and won't stop at Obergefeld and gay marriage. Once you've opened up Pandora's box, where are you going to stop? If your subjective identity is the end-all and be-all when it comes to marriage, then why isn't it going to be likewise when it comes to everything else? If sexual morality is no longer objectively defined, then sexuality will not be objectively defined. Male and female categories will go away. If marriage can't be reasonably defined as being between a male and a female, a man and a woman, then why won't it be between multiple men and multiple women? And what about children? You're going to dumb down the definition, the distinction between men and women. Well, you will end up doing the same thing between adults and minors. Because objective definitions no longer exist within a culture that can't, can't recognize that marriage for thousands of years has been well-defined, thank you, and it's one man and one woman. We tore down that wall, and it's not going to stop with Obergefeld. And we see that right now. I mean, we unleash this kraken. We, un we uncage this monster on all of culture that is consuming every objective fact of our daily existence. It's, this all started with education. I talked about this in my first book, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. I said, I want you to imagine that we live in a day where we intentionally sever a man's arm from his body and then expect him to win a fight, where we pluck out a woman's eyes from her head and then ask her to paint her own portrait or when we surgically remove a child's frontal lobe and demand that he or she explain an algebraic formula. Imagine that we live in a world where, as C.S. Lewis warned, the elite among us actually claim it makes sense to geld the stallion and then bid him be fruitful. Imagine that we live in a time and a place where the wise 
and the learned in our courts and in our classrooms and even in our churches actually work to remove a man's soul and then expect him to stay out of hell. That day is here. Such a day is upon us. And why? Why am I saying all this? Why did I write about this in my first book? Well over a decade ago, because bad ideas breed bad behavior as surely as an acorn is going to grow an oak tree or a hurricane is going to bring a flood. Why would you expect that after teaching decades of sexual promiscuity in our schools that you would see sexual restraint in our students? Why are you surprised at the selfishness of our culture when our schools teach self-esteem more effectively than they do mathematics, science, and civics? And how can we possibly think that teaching values clarification rather than moral absolutes will produce a virtuous people who have any values? I mean, when in all of the history, the annals of history, is there any evidence, where do you find any evidence that the subordination of one person's right to live to another person's right to choose ever resulted in the protection of every person's unalienable right to life. I mean, from abortion to sexuality, we've lost our ever-loving minds. And finally, why would any culture ever think that after decades of diminishing the value of marital fidelity, and we were doing that long before Obergefell, why would we think that that same culture would then be able to mount any vigorous defense of the meaning of marriage. We set ourselves up for the fall. Obergefell was inevitable. Our entertainment, on a nightly basis, from sitcoms to drama to comedy, disparaged marriage. We taught this to our kids. And then when it came time for them to go to the Supreme Court, when those children grew up and became jurists and justices, what do we find? They can't even tell us what a woman is when they're interviewed by the Senate for confirmation to the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, I could go on and on and on. The evidence is replete. It's very clear. All we need to do is turn on the nightly news to see the proof. When you separate facts from faith and head from heart, and we, when we sever belief from behavior or religion from reason, we do not usher in a day of liberty, but one of licentiousness. And we become what C.S. Lewis warned, men without chests, where there's nothing but a gaping cavity in the center of our being, where instead of finding the fullness that comes from fidelity, we find the emptiness of a love affair gone bad. We do live in a day like I've just described. That day is here. Such a day and time has come. We are standing on the wrong side of the door. This is an image that C.S. Lewis paints for us, too. The wrong side of the door. We're in a room that's stagnant with the heavy air of our own hypocrisy. We boast of freedom, and yet we live in bondage to our own deception. We champion civil liberties, but yet we ignore the human rights that are promised to us by tradition and reason and our own constitution. We say that women should not be subjugated to the power and passions of men, but then we embrace leaders who publicly use women for their own selfish whims. sexually or politically. That's the only explanation for for this degradation of female sports. Riley Gaines recognized this. Others are recognizing this. Martina Navratilova is recognizing this. 
We draw a line in the sand to defend the innocence of children, or at least we say we do, while at the same time, we're dumbing down the definition of children so that they're not even distinct from adult men who want to prey on them. And we're providing entertainment to these children that blurs the boundaries between them and the predatory adults who want to use and abuse them and compromise their innocence. We are what M. Scott Peck called people of the lie. It seems like the road to hell is before us, and we are entering its gates, strutting with the confidence of an emperor with no clothes. And if anybody on the sidelines of the parade dares to challenge us, we're very quick to just turn around and belittle them. They're the bigots. They're naive. How dare they shout out of our nakedness? we're, We're pressing our ear against the keyhole of history. We're trying to listen to the other side of the door, the door where there's sanity on the other side, and we're in this room stagnant with our own insane confusion. But if you just press your ear against the keyhole of history, you're going to hear the voice of people warning us, our forefathers saying, liberty is given by our creator and slavery is constructed by man. We're we're constructing a culture of slavery. We're enslaving ourselves to craziness, to lunacy. Liberty is given by our Creator. Liberty is only found in the laws, in the reality of our Creator. I've said a thousand times over, there's greater liberty within the Ten Commandments than in any other system ever dreamed up or devised by man. And frankly, even those Ten Commandments can be narrowed down to two summarized in two. As Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself, and in such you have fulfilled the law. What law? The Ten Commandments, the laws of God, the law of Moses. History teaches us over and over again that self-evident truths, these laws of Moses, this common sense, this sense that's common, this natural law, this law that's natural, this, this way, this truth, this life that is biblical, and has been proven over and over again by history, experience, reason, and revelation. This self-evident truth is the only context for justice and freedom, and without God's objective standards as our rule and measure, we're going to find innumerable ways to enslave ourselves, to enslave ourselves and each other and others, while all the while waving a sanctimonious banner of choice individual rights and freedom. We're hypocrites. We're duplicitous. We make no sense. Why? Because ideas have consequences. Our ideas matter. They will always lead somewhere. Your ideas will not lie fallow. Your ideas are either going to lead toward liberty. It's found in that which is right and just and real. Or your ideas are going to lead to slavery in an ugly hell made of our own dysfunction. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, all your life long you are slowly turning into either a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature, either into one who is in harmony with God or one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with his fellow creatures and with itself. To be one kind of creature is heaven, That is joy and peace and knowledge and power and liberty. To be the other means madness and horror and idiocy and rage and impotence 
and eternal loneliness and slavery. Each of us, at each moment, is progressing to the one state or the other. That's out of mere Christianity. I mean, we, we aren't stagnant. We're on a timeline, and we're always progressing either toward hell or heaven. Even in this temporal existence, we don't have to wait to die to be on the path, on the road, at the gates of hell or at the gates of heaven. It starts now. Eternity works both forward and backward. It just doesn't start when you die and when you wake up from that death in eternity. No, eternity exists right now in our midst. That's what C.S. Lewis is telling us. All your life long, you are slowly turning into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature, either into one who is in harmony with God or one that is in a state of war and hatred with God, and not just God, but with your fellow creatures, and even with yourself. To be the one kind of creature is heaven. You're already stepping into the midst of heaven if you're that kind of creature, and that is joy and peace and knowledge and power and liberty. To be the other means madness and horror, idiocy, rage, and even impotence, loneliness and slavery. Each of us is progressing to either one state or the other because of our ideas. Ideas matter. Ideas have consequences. Education makes the difference. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.